Welcome to the Just Being Honest podcast show. This is your host, your toxic-free lifestyle advisor and mindset coach, KB. On the Just Being Honest podcast show, we are dedicated to educate the public about how to live a purely toxic-free lifestyle. By eliminating and dramatically reducing the use of many products and lifestyle threats that contain these harmful ingredients that often bombard our life in a mysterious manner, we too can all as a collective whole become healthier and mentally wealthier. So join me on the ride. We're getting deep. So I have been doing a little self-experimentation on myself. Um, This is not an ad, but I just kind of wanted to jump into the show. Um, This is the guest intro, but yes, of course, I've taken over. I have been doing a little bit of self-experimentation. I'm doing another self-experimentation tomorrow, but all in good reason. I am doing it to um, help save my self, my body, mind, and soul. I recently did a lymphatic therapy session. More to come on that. I am going to have my therapist on the show telling about the whole system. It's a detoxing system. So I kind of wanted to share you about that because I'm starting to feel really great. I was suffering from a lot of fibromyalgia, um, stemmed from stress, a lack of sleep, my adrenaline's just being on fire, and my autoimmune. Um, a lot of these go hand in hand in, yes, lifestyle choices. My lifestyle, you know, is kind of, as a lot of people say, <laughs> some of the most disciplined things. But with my intuitive healing aspects and what I do in life, I'm highly sensitive. I'm highly absorbable of external factors. And we all know that there's a lot of things going on out there. So, I'm going to share more about the other experiments I'm doing with myself and how I'm on the healing journey. We're all always on a healing journey, am I right? So along with this episode today, um, it's about lifestyle, right? It's about what you're putting in your body and then in turn how it is affecting yourself, others around you, and the environment, right? So I'm so excited to have my friend on the show Leslie Durso. She's a vegan chef and a wellness expert. Um, If you've heard me talking about my recent travels and just some of the food experiences I've had here in Santa Barbara, Leslie, yeah, she's a huge, huge, huge part of that. She's a huge part of why I have gone back time and time again, actually my fiance and I have gone back time and time again to visit a particular paradise down in Punta Mita. Um, and you know, usually you don't keep going back to the same restaurant four or five times every single night. Yep. Kind of weird eating, ordering the same things. You usually want to experience something else, but we loved it so much. And it was such a beautiful essence and you could feel the energy and the love behind the food that Leslie serves. So I want to kind of just like preempt this out there that we use the term vegan as kind of like a generic term for everyone to understand. I don't like to label people. I don't even label myself as a vegan. Um, I am strictly plant-based. I don't consume animals, okay? So that being said, I don't want to use labels, but for the integrity of the show, for everyone to understand what we're talking about, we're going to use that term. But anyways, Leslie Durso, she's a vegan chef and a wellness expert. Um, Leslie is, yes, 
She is literally the glowing face of a fresher plant-based movement that refuses to compromise style for sustainability. Um, walking the plant-based talk since the age of eight, she is a Southern California native and has always been well ahead of the times with her meatless mindset. And many of you may know that she works as a consulting chef already for hotels and resorts and many restaurants around the world, but she's currently the chef, as I said it before, at the Four Seasons Resort in Punta Mita, with, which if you guys have not stayed there, you've got to stay there. Best customer service, best food. I'm telling you, I thought I was going to die. Like literally, did you hear that angst? I thought I was going to die when I went to Mexico. I was going to thought, oh my gosh, they're not going to have anything I can eat for my allergies and my intolerances. The most, most just like grateful staff on the planet. So she also, how I originally met her was at the Four Seasons Resort at the Biltmore in Santa Barbara. So more to come on that story. You're not going to want to miss a beat. But, you know, once simply known as Leslie the Lab Girl with Bill Nye, the science guy. Did you know that? Did you even know that? You'll know your age if you know Bill Nye. Leslie took her love of education and shifted from science to plant-based food. And after establishing herself as the, I'm going to say the private chef for the New York City and Hollywood elite, Leslie surely did emerge as a public persona, and she has been hosting cooking segments on television and even online. She's determined to inspire beneficial, lifelong eating habits for everyone. And her show, Accidentally Vegan, can be seen on FabFitFun TV, and she regularly appears on The Doctors, Food Network, Discovery Channel, The Hallmark Channel, and she's even written for Veg News. CNN, Red Book, Glamour, and you better believe that the list goes on and on and on. She's really trying to push out there that there are benefits to this mindful lifestyle. Yes, yes, soul sister, yes. And she's delivered it with her trademark, which is basically a blend of, you know, being the sunshine girl. She is the that girl next door that you'd love to meet, you want to hang out with all the time, and you can feel her vibration radiating off of her. Maxim Magazine even wrote, we want to hire Leslie as our own private and personal chef. We'll even eat vegetables for her. I think anyone would eat vegetables for her because she makes vegetables taste extraordinary. All right, so here we go. Guys, here we go. We are diving in deep Let's give a round of applause and let's welcome Miss Leslie Durso to the Just Being Honest podcast. Enjoy the show. I am just going to put this out there. I believe spring is here. I believe spring has sprung. And one of my favorite things about spring is, well, nature and the power of nature and the power of nature on us. So when I think of spring and when I think of nature, I think about the cute little bumblebees just buzzing around out there. And did you know that bees are actually crucial to the health of our planet and in turn, the health of us? So I want to share some facts with you and then I want to share an amazing brand that I fully support and use every single day. Number one, bees are responsible for every third bite of food you eat. What? Did you know that? 
Okay, number two, grazing animals rely on bees to pollinate nutrient-dense grasses. Oh my gosh, even more important. And number three, around 80% of the world's flowering plant species rely on insect pollination. Okay, so now that I think I've formally convinced you, guys, I'm talking about the brand Beekeepers Naturals. So what's the buzz about? Well, let me tell you. They are powered by the hive and backed by science. They have brands that I use every single day, okay? I'm talking about the immune throat spray. The bee immune throat spray. I just do, yeah, that was my impersonation. Just four spritz in the back of my throat every single day. And I know that the natural propolis immunity supporters from the bees are in there supporting my immunities as well. We all know we're climbing out of a pandemic. I know. I'm going to say that we're climbing out. We're buzzing away. And we need to keep our immunities strong and efficient. So you're going to want to make sure to load up on the bee immune throat spray. Another thing is brain fuel. Be smart brain fuel. That is another amazing thing to help protect your noggin and kind of boost that energy forward. Another product that I love from Beekeepers Naturals is the Bee Biome. It's a complete gut health probiotic. Yes. Yes. So make sure that your gut buddies are super duper happy. Remember my episodes I've done on the gut brain connection? It all goes hand in hand. We're working together here. So those are just a couple of the products that I use and love personally. I could go on and on and on, but I want to share a little gift with you. You guys, I want to give you 20% off with the code HONEST20. That's H-O-N-E-S-T-2-0. Use it at checkout, HONEST20, and stock up today. Now, on to the show. Guys, welcome back to the Just Being Honest podcast show. This is your host, your toxic-free lifestyle advisor and mindset coach, KB. Guys, welcome. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Um, Well, okay. It's beautiful. It's really windy. I have no idea where the wind came from. And if you have heard me before talking about wind, and I swear I'm always talking about the weather, you know that it just kind of irks my pickle a little bit. It makes me a little uneasy. It's like, what's going on out there? The crows are flying all over the place. Anyways, you're here. You're safe with me. Welcome to the show. I have an amazing guest on today, someone that I am so A, inspired by all the time, B, live vicariously through, and C, well, she nourishes me. She nourishes me so well, and we're going to jump right into that. Um, Today's guest, I'm not going to say anything else. I'm going to have her introduce herself, because guess what? We are also live together. I'm so excited that I'm getting back to live podcast interviews. Thank you. Um, so without further ado, I have Miss Leslie Durso on the show today. Hi. Oh my gosh. <laughs> First off, let me just express my gratitude for having you here today. Um, she, guys, so, okay, so we're a little slow to go with like the visuals here. Um, it's audio only. Yes, I know. Still in the ice age. But I want to say she's like a beacon of like sunshine. Every time she shines or excuse me, smiles, she's shining. You're so sweet. No, so sweet. For real. 
for real. Like, when I watch you on Instagram, you're just, like, there. And I'm like, you know what? You know what? It just kind of, like, dives into our show topic today because I believe that how you treat yourself, it really exudes outwards. 100%. Yeah. So, I agree. So we're going to jump into a broad topic today about eating plant-based, you know, treating yourself fruitfully on that aspect, um, and how toxic-free living really jumps into that because I'm just going to say it. You are what you eat. You are. You are what you eat. Yeah. So, Leslie, let's jump back to um, when you were a peewee and just (laughs) (laughs) let's jump back. Like, what was your childhood upbringing like first and foremost? Uh, I was raised in San Diego in an Italian-American, very heavy meat-eating household. And at the ripe old age of seven, I decided I didn't want to eat meat anymore uh, and made that decision. And little did I know that that would really guide the rest of my life. Um, And my parents, you know, after they got off the initial shock and disbelief and not having any idea what to do with me, they were very supportive and they're still very supportive of my lifestyle and career. And yeah, it's great. But I moved... um, Started traveling young. I moved to Los Angeles when I was 19 to pursue mm. another career. And then I just really saw this hole in the market when the first vegan restaurants were starting to open. I was like, man, this is not good food. Mm. This is this very strange vegan food that people are eating. And I knew that I could make good food that people loved that they didn't really realize was vegan food. I coined it accidentally vegan food. And that's it. So that I spent the rest of my life till this point helping people nourish their bodies through their diets. Yeah. So guys, I guess we kind of forgot to, and we assumed that you already know, <laughs> but Leslie is an amazing, amazing plant-based vegan chef. Um, I know you could probably do all things over the chart, um, but that is your primary primary specialty. Yes. I specialize in vegan and food allergy. Oh, speaking my language. The yeah. amount of times that I've had to like go to restaurants and it and I'll jump into this, but and say like I can't have this, this, this and they kind of like look at me quasi like yeah, get out of here. We can't make substitutes, but um well, okay, guys, I'm going to interject here. Before <laughs> Leslie talks any longer, I'm going to say how we See, met. This is why you need to do the bio so that people have any idea. Yeah. I know. Okay. Well, <laughs> I want to say how we met each other sure. first. So sure. we met, oh my gosh, probably, oh, so 2020, the, when COVID just started, yep. I was at an event at the Four Seasons in Santa Barbara and introduced by our great mutual friend, Brendan Brazier, who is, if you guys don't know him, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete, mm-hmm. um, entrepreneur, mm-hmm. just amazing guy. Mm-hmm. And so he was speaking at an event and there were some amazing just, I don't know, just, were they just finger foods at the time? I don't remember if it was a full meal. We did a full meal. We yeah. did a full we meal. We did a full meal. Um, gosh, that was, whew, that was funny. Um, I'm glad it was so memorable. Yes. But no, God, oh, please. No, I just, yeah. Anyways, moving on. Um, yeah, so the food was awesome. Out of this world. Didn't taste like, as you mentioned, like that just kind of, mm, it's vegan, you know, that yeah. labeled as vegan, where people are like, oh, it's vegan, you know, like, it must taste like a sponge, you know? Yeah. Delicious. You can't even tell, right? 
Or you can't even, like, quote-unquote well, tell. You know, the idea behind my food is that I, I don't want you to ever think about anything except for how delicious the food is. I don't yeah. want you to think of what's missing. I don't want you to feel that you're not satiated and full. And it, it's just it's just food. Yeah. You know, people eat accidentally vegan food all the time and don't <laughs> think about it. You know, people are like, oh, I could never eat vegan food. You ever had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? <laughs> right. You ever had a bowl of spaghetti with tomato sauce? Yeah. I mean... These things are vegan. Yeah. What about trail mix? Mm. Chips yeah. and guacamole? Yeah. I mean, exactly. You're not eating vegan chips and guacamole. You're just eating chips and guac. So you can have normal food out there uh, and just integrate it into your life and just happens to be plant-based and still feel great about it and fine mm. about it. Um, but yeah, I think I think there's been some amazing innovation in the vegan um, food space. But I think a lot of it is kind of over-innovated, if that mm. makes sense. Um, there's over 25,000 edible plants on earth. Mm. There's so many beautiful flavors. There's so many traditions and techniques that you can use from all over the world and just apply them to plants in a different way. Uh, and so I don't, I don't know how necessary it is to do all of these substitutes and, and, and quote-unquote vegan food. And you know what mm. vegan food is when you have it, right? Yeah. It's more chemically. Yeah, or it's just a little bit more bland. There's yeah. just a few more seeds and yeah. sprouts. And not that there's anything wrong with seeds and sprouts. I love them to pieces. Um, you know, but what's that What's that famous line from Annie Hall? Have a plate of smashed yeast. Oh, yeah. You know. Uh, and that's, I think, what people have thought of as vegan food for a long time. And I'm really trying to break that mindset. Yeah. Um, and you definitely are. If you've ever experienced food like Leslie's, guys, you will not go back. And I have to say, okay, first off, let's jump back again. I would love for you to tell more about your bio because I don't want to say it because I know you can tell it a whole lot better. But anyways, continuing on that story of your childhood upbringing, mm -hmm. you moved to L.A., yeah. never looked back. Maybe yep. you did for just a moment, but you never looked back. Never looked and, back. And tell me about that journey to – becoming a chef like did you always know or did you just know once you found like oh there's a loophole that I need to fill um and you know absolutely not I mean I I wanted to be in the entertainment industry and a vegan chef was never on the radar because there were no vegan chefs really there were I moved to Los Angeles there was one staple restaurant real food daily which is still mm -hmm. you know the the powerhouse holding it down in Los Angeles and that was it. And I, I didn't want to own a restaurant. And so I was like, no, no, no. I'm in the entertainment industry. And I spent some time on a soap opera. And I ended up co-hosting a show with Bill Nye the Science Guy. And that is what really got me into education. Hmm. And Bill and I would have a lot of really interesting conversations around how you can affect through education and leading and in this really fun way if you're familiar with the show he made science really fun for people mm. and gave it to them these very complex things and very easily digestible small bites of information and he was like you should do what i'm doing for science for food mm. and i was like wow yeah all right and so the day that show ended was the day i decided that I was gonna spend the rest of my life helping people find their healthy spot and encouraging people to take control over their own health and not give it away 
and to just be the best person, people that they can be physically. Um, and so I've done that in, in a bunch of different ways. It was definitely a rocky journey. Like I said, I still did not want to own a restaurant. So I was like, okay, how do I become a professional chef and get taken seriously and not own a restaurant? Yeah. And I've really carved out my little niche and it ended up being in hotels and in travel because I, like you, was so sick of being the person at the restaurant that everybody dreaded looking at when I ordered because there was nothing on the menu for me. And it was like, okay, well, how can you swap this out? What can you do? Can the chef do anything? And then you sit there and you eat a garden salad. I mean, I've been eating garden salad since I was in pigtails. <laughs> and I was like, you know, it's just not cool. And I believe in creating spaces and what I'm doing with the hotels is creating spaces where anyone with any dietary restriction, whether it be a choice or an allergy that they don't have a choice over can sit down at a table and there be an item on the menu for you to order. Mm. And so you don't feel like a second class citizen when the chef comes out and is like, well, sorry, there's just, I don't know, I can give you some lettuce. And the waiter understands your dietary restriction and is not saying, oh, you're vegan. Oh, here's our gluten-free section, which as a vegan, we've been, you know, directed to too many times. There's just not enough education as to what all these things mean. And so that's where I really, um, I get excited. And that's really my passion is really to just create these spaces where everyone can feel good about the, the way that they're eating and enjoy the space that they're in. Mm, yeah, totally. Um, so one prime example of this experience is my fiance and I, multiple times this year, we've gone down to Punta Mita, Mexico. Love the location. So here's a great example. We stayed at one location the first time we went down. And beautiful place, don't get me wrong. But the food, they just didn't have it. They just didn't have it. So we sauntered down the road to eat at the Four Seasons. And I'm just going to put that out there because amazing brand. If you guys know anything about the Four Seasons, you know their customer service is just so on par. Um, and we ate at this beautiful, beautiful Asian cuisine it's primarily Asian there, yes, Aramara. And I, before I became, you know, I, I try not to label myself, but I'll just for the purpose of this show, um, before I became vegan, I used to love going out to sushi. Like, love it. I love Japanese lifestyle. I love the ambiance of it. So I was thrilled that there was a whole vegan menu or dedication in a sushi restaurant. I could have rolls. I enjoyed, I mean, I'll tell you exactly what I got. I got tell the, me. I got the miso soup. I uh -huh. got the seaweed cucumber salad. Mm -hmm. And I got the um, roasted watermelon yeah, roll. The roll. Yeah. yeah. And w guys, keep in mind, we ate at this restaurant four times. Um, <laughs> you didn't see the crispy cauliflower? I think we had that as an appetizer. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we shared that. Um, but let me just tell you, my fiance, he is a meat eater. He is a meat eater. But I have to toot my horn and say, hey, he's really kind of starting to watch what I eat and say, like, wow, that looks pretty good. And um, let me just say, I, I think I'm having a little bit of an impact. I would never try to convert anyone. But let me just say, this type of lifestyle is available out there. And you can still be that, quote, unquote, normal person in yeah. an amazing restaurant yeah. like Aramara and, you know, eat like a queen or a king or whomever you are. But you guys, like, 
for me to feel like relaxed and comfortable, like I can eat something, I'm not allergic to it, my throat's mm-hmm. not going to close up. Mm-hmm. You know, they know, for one thing, at Four Seasons, they knew exactly what I was allergic to. Like yep. when I walked even on the beach. Yeah. It was crazy. They're amazing. I was a little spooked out. But yeah. um, mm-hmm. thank you, Leslie, for creating such amazing menus down there. And that's, guys, we're in California now. And <laughs> I discovered her food uh, once again down there. I kind of followed you down there after I met you in <laughs> Santa Barbara. I'm like, oh my gosh, we have to go eat her food in Punta Mita now. Yeah. So wherever you go, I'm going to go and eat your food as well. Amazing. So. I love hearing that. Um, yes, I love that property. It yeah. is. It is. will always be one of my most favorite places on earth. There's something really special about the energy there, and mm-hmm. I'm so beyond honored to work with Chef Jorge Gar- uh, Gonzalez that's down there. Um, mm-hmm. He just, he gets it. And he's really allowed me to play and to educate and to really develop the things that I want to do down there. And it's been so rad. It's yeah. been so rad. So I hope everyone can come experience it. I know it's all the way down in Mexico. Um, I'm working on lots of other projects and yes. you'll see them popping up all over the place. Oh my gosh. And I, I will definitely be experiencing those too. But I want to <laughs> jump into beyond the hotels and resorts that you yeah. do have a mastercraft in. Um, I want to talk about kind of blending my forte of toxic free living mm-hmm. and the food choices that we take on. And it's not just food. It's not just about consumption of that in our mouth, but it's about consumption in the environment as well. It's about consumption of, you know, like just energy that we put out there. Yeah, you know, of I, course. I said in the beginning, you are what you eat. So explain what your theory is behind this. Well, yeah. I mean, energetically, you are. Um, you could take this down to the molecular level of you, the cells that you consume or the cells that are cre- used to create new parts of your body. And it's just, it, it's exactly that. I mean, in a nutshell, you are what you eat. But um, it's more important to have the right intention with that food and to be really mindful of what you're putting in your body and why it's going in there. I never understood why health class is virtually eliminated from most um, school programming, but also why it's not the most important thing to teach you. I mean, if you think about it, the only reason why we exist is because of these bodies. It is the only thing keeping us here. It's the only thing allowing us to do any of the things that we want to do on earth. So why do most people walking around have no idea how their body works, have no idea what it needs to, to function properly, to what happens? Everyone knows, okay, we need vitamins, but what kind of vitamins? How much vitamins? What, which delivery service? Is it okay if I just take a pill or do I have to eat the food? And what do those vitamins do when they hit my body? And there's just so much misinformation or lack of information out there on how your body actually functions. And I think it is just should be a priority of every single person out there li- listening right now to get on Google. You have every resource, resource at your fingertips to figure out how your own body works and what you need. And I am, I am plant-based. I am vegan myself. You are as well. I don't say that it's the end-all be-all for everyone out there. I say everyone needs to add a lot more fruits and vegetables and real food to their diets Mm. because, you know, nobody is doing it as well as they should be. Um, But it really is about figuring out your body. Your body's talking to you every single time you eat something. 
It's talking to you 24 hours a day. You just have to tune in and you have to listen to it mm. and figure out that these cr- things that you think are chronic and that you just get a stomach ache all the time every time you eat, that's not right. That's your body saying, I don't like this. You know, skin conditions, acne, redness, um, hair loss, eczema, so, so the list is a gazillion miles long. Anxiety, of things depression. that are all anxiety, depression. So much of it can be cured with food and just getting your body the right things that it needs. And so, yeah, I'm sorry. I can go on about this oh, for the next I want three hours. I want you to. And the thing is, you know, we, we make it sound so easy, but it kind of is. Like it kind of, it, it kind of is because yeah. at the end of the day, you are the one, I mean, many of us were the ones holding the fork. Yeah. We're many, many of the times we're the ones that are making the decisions. A lot of the times children don't always have the choice. Maybe the children don't have a job to pay for the food. You guys have the decision of what to feed your children or what to lead them by example, you know, by true example, Yeah. you know? It's never by force. Like, I'm not one to, like, force anyone to be, <clears throat> oh, be a vegan or da 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 I just say, like, how, how do you feel after you eat this compared to how do you feel after you eat that? Yeah. And as you said, eating a lot more, you know, plants, a lot more vegetables. And the humane, you know, raising the items, if you do eat meat, I say, you know, picking something that's humanely sourced um, because I just have to play that card since I do have people in my life, you know, me being from Kansas. So I do have to support that if they want to. So do I. I have plenty of people in my life that still eat meat. But, um, and you know, I'll, I'm going to publicly say it here, I think for the first time ever in, on a public platform, I am not opposed to hunting. Mm-hmm. I think that if you are going to take responsibility for your choices and what you're going to put in your body, I think the best thing you can do is go hunt your own food. There have been no hormones added. Mm -hmm. There have been no antibiotics pumped into that animal. They've had a pretty awesome wild life. And generally, hunters really honor... I'm not talking about big game hunting, okay? Nobody get on me about this. I am not talking about big game hunting. There is definitely some... Yeah, don't even get me started on that. We won't go down that route. But I'm talking about if you want to hunt for your own food, go do it. Yeah. And own that decision. I have more respect for people that go hunt their own food than I do for people that walk up to the counter at McDonald's and just blindly order and not even think. It's really about taking responsibility for who you are and your own actions. And that goes down to everything that we consume and that we use. Um, kids, I know how hard it is to get them to eat their, their, their veggies and their plants. And it's not entirely your fault. You know, the marketing of vegetables has been horrible for years. Yeah. I mean, kids are from from birth practically. Well, actually from birth. Almost every single baby formula on the market's first ingredient is sugar. And there's usually four or five different kinds of sugar in that baby formula. Mm. And they're getting hooked on those kind of processed flavors. And then you have the ads and the marketing. And when was the last time you saw a TV show where the kids sat down and was enjoying their vegetables? Yeah. Or they're saying, ugh, broccoli again. It's like, it's not a joke. Yeah. You know, Hollywood has taken it to be a joke, but it's really not. I mean, you're encouraging children to not want to eat vegetables and to want to eat processed food. 
And I, I think it's a travesty in our culture. And I think that something should be done about it, to be totally honest with you. Yeah. And I mean, there are such amazing um, activists out there that have been trying to make this, you know, like Bonnie Hari. And I mean, we could even think about like the Aaron, Bro- Aaron Brockovich is out there, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, that's why I've created a platform called Just Being Honest, you know? And it's, we're almost like the little guys, but yes, we can make a bigger impact. But again, it has to go back to lead by example. And also like, what is your dollar going to be supporting? Mm -hmm. Because whatever you pay for out there, whether it's something that, and I'm going to say it, Costco, like if you're going to be supporting really fast food or, you know, large quantities of things that perhaps are wasteful in the end, then you're just paying for it. You're just paying for this negligence of change. So um, I'm getting a little hot and heavy here, but <laughs> <laughs> I think we both are. I'm going to have no, to take my jacket off in a minute. <laughs> but seriously, you know, like, I mean, it goes beyond that. It goes to, at the end of the day, how are you feeling? At the end of the day, um, you know, food is thy medicine. At the end of the day, my mom always told me that, you know, pain when I was in college or, mm-hmm. you know, when you think, oh my gosh, I have no money. But at the end of the day, she said, this is your health care. You know, like this is your, uh, this is your health insurance, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So guys, if you think about what you're eating now, you know, think about that compared to like mm, hospital bills in the end, or maybe just that compound interest of what I talk about, compound interest of life. What's also not nearly as expensive to eat healthy as people think that it is. People Mm -hmm. think that they have to buy the substitutes and the processed foods and you don't, you have to cook. It is cheaper to eat meat if you don't cook. But if you cook, it is way cheaper to eat vegan Um, and healthier. I mean, if you think about, I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with the Blue Zones and what Dan Buettner is doing. There's one ingredient that every single Blue Zone, which are the zones in the world where people are living to over 100 and they're studying their diets and culture, which is fascinating. And it's such more factual information than any of the studies that we're getting out of the FDA and don't even get me started because every single one is funded by private lobbyist groups at private interest groups and pharmaceutical companies but there's one ingredient that all of the blue zone diets have in common that every single person that's living to over 100 is eating almost every single day do you know what that ingredient is oh my gosh I want to say I, I can't guess right now but I feel like I used to know it's beans oh beans legume, legumes beans, beans. Beans are one of the cheapest foods on earth. Poor man's meat, yeah. And they're what is making people live to over 100. Yes. These things are not expensive. Mm -mm. You can do it. It just takes a little bit more time. You just got to cook them. Um, and that goes for, you know, everyone, whether you're living in a, in a studio apartment or you have a gigantic, you know, hundred million acres of land. You have a place that you can grow something. Oh, yeah. You have a windowsill. You have even a counter. So many things don't have to be grown in daylight. You can grow lettuces on your countertop. You can grow herbs. You can grow sprouts. sprouts, So many things. And it's just the idea of making yourself aware of where these things are coming from. And when you grow things, not only is it far less expensive, but it's starting to connect the dots of where your food is coming from. And there's a certain amount of pride that comes from growing your own food that is just such a beautiful cycle that when you share it with the people that you love, you're actually nourishing their bodies and making them feel healthier. 
People, I mean, I'm not the thinnest person in the world, but I'm the biggest either. I'm a slender person. And people always say, oh, haha, ha, like never trust a skinny chef. And I say, why would you trust a fat chef? What is that person feeding you? It might be indulgent and taste delicious, but how are you going to feel after it? Mm. When you eat my food, you're going to feel great. Mm -hmm. You're not going to feel like you're going to die in a food coma. You're not going to feel like you need to run to the bathroom. You're just going to feel great. Mm -hmm. And why wouldn't you want people to feel like that after they've eaten your food? It's totally astounding to me. Um, and it's kind of a backward thinking, and we have to change this way of thinking in our culture. Or, gosh, we're headed down the path of no return real soon. Yeah, I mean, 100% agree with everything that you said. How did I not even think of beans? I'm like, I eat beans every day. <laughs> but seriously, guys. It's because you overlook it. Yeah, I overlook it because it's so normal, I guess. And, and you know, Leslie was saying, like, oh, well, you have to prepare it. And people were like, oh, my gosh, I have to prepare it. You know, they're like, oh, I'll just get a can of beans. Guys, listen back to the other episode with Dr. Jenna Hua because you're not going to want to eat um, a can of beans after you hear about cans of beans. And, and it doesn't take that long. It doesn't. It's called preparation. <laughs> yeah, or, but, you know, even if you forget, I mean, yeah, it'll take, it'll take like an hour or so from start to finish. If you quick, if you quick boil them and you cook them quickly, it, you could probably do it in an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. That's a long time. But if you remember and you have them soaking already, it doesn't take very much time at all. Right. And some beans actually cook faster than others. Yeah. And lentils, lentils cook oh. so fast. Yes. So yeah. fast and so nutrient dense. Mm, totally. And guys, you know, we were talking about like the substitutes for things. I mean, you can make gr like excellent taco meat out of like walnuts and lentils. Just yeah. mash them together with a little cumin, a little spice. Bam. No one would even know, right? Yeah. <laughs> no one no one would ever know. I just made my chorizo two nights ago. Um, that's walnuts, pumpkin seeds, and sun-dried tomatoes. Oh and everyone was like, wow, this tastes like chorizo. I'm like, because chorizo tastes like the spices you put in it. It doesn't really taste like the meat. It tastes like the spices you put in it. And that's yeah. very often a lot of meat-based dishes. It's the flavorings around it that are reminiscent of what they are. Um, just by like bacon, bacon is, is the umami, it's salt, it's sweet and it's crunchy and fatty. So if you can mimic that with other things, I mean, I make mine with coconut, um, or mushrooms and it's the same vibe, but you're feeling a gazillion times better after you eat it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want to ask you a question, um, because I was like asking my fiance, I'm like, okay, Leslie's coming on the show. Do you have any questions? <laughs> so we are obsessed with, when we went to New York City, we're obsessed with 11 Madison Park. Yeah. It's How incredible is that, by the way? Maybe you should explain what happened for oh my everybody gosh. out there that might not know. So 11 Madison Park, guys, amazing, amazing restaurant. Um, the heart of the city, and they, during COVID, they closed, obviously, like many restaurants did. They reopened with the study and the practice from um, Shoshin-style um, chefs, which is a Japanese way of preparing food, mm -hmm. if I'm correct on and that. honoring the food. And honoring the food, which is so beautiful, putting the energy in it. But they also opened up as a completely vegan, plant-based restaurant. So exciting. One of the most decorated Michelin star restaurants in the city. Hardest to get into. Yeah. Awesome. So exciting. So exciting. I mean, so they had many different courses. We were there for four hours. Our eating event was four hours. The most beautiful experience. So 
they had what was called amakasi style. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to get clear if he's like, ask her about amakasi. <laughs> so is amakasi strictly for Japanese cuisine with the fish or is it just a pre-set menu? I mean, we'll have to cut this out if I'm wrong, but to my understanding, it is basically like chef's choice. Chef's choice. That's what I looked it up as, um, but I didn't know if it was strictly as just a fish-based No, because other cultures have it as well. Yeah, the literal translation of omakase is I leave it up to you. Oh my gosh, And so terrifying. it's whatever the chef <laughs> wants to make. Um and it's a beautiful way mm. of eating because you're eating what's seasonal. You're eating what that chef is excited about in that moment. And that excitement goes into the food. So much. I mean, when I first start working with restaurants, people will straight up laugh at my face because I, I make the kitchen really fun. There are no mistakes. There's nothing serious. I was just in Portugal um, oh. last fall and did a big, giant event there. And I had, I think, nine chefs working for me, all Portuguese. Mm-hmm. And they were very used to chefs being very serious, it being quiet, chefs yelling at them when something goes wrong. And I am the exact opposite. I come in all smiles. I put the radio on. I make them all start singing and dancing around the kitchen with me. And we have a good time. And when mistakes happen, because they always do, mm-hmm. you embrace it. You go, okay, great. So this is now like this. What can we do with it now? How can we evolve the dish? The dish usually turns out better than the initial um, idea because you had to improv on it. And and there's just the positive energy behind it. And this goes back to what we were saying, you are what you eat. I don't have control over where the food is grown when I'm cooking in a restaurant. But I have full control over the energy put into that food while I'm cooking it and how it's Mm -hmm. delivered to you. And... You can you can change the energy in food. You can make it so much more light and healthy. Have you ever had a meal in like a really, really uptight place and you just know that it's just it's just only okay. Yeah. And it should be better because the technique is amazing on it. It should be better. But you're like, it's only okay. And it's that is the chef's energy that's coming through it. You can have nervous energy coming through it. You can have like, oh man, if something goes wrong in the kitchen, there are chefs that will just force it into working Mm. and they'll serve it to you in a way where you're just like, this just isn't right. This isn't what they intended. But if you serve it with the joy and the love behind it and the joy is just the best word that I can use to describe it, people will feel that when they're eating it. It's happy food. And it's a live food and it's, you know, it will change your mindset as well as your, as your tummy. So when you talk about, you know, food as living organisms, they are, you know, vibrational beings, just like we are, we resonate on vibration. And when you eat live foods, you just vibrate at a higher frequency. We are biophotons made of light. And so are all plant (laughs) items when you eat something dead, you're going to vibrate on a lower frequency. So I just want you guys to like listen to that and it goes well, back to. Yeah. And you have to, you have to really like put your, turn your brain on when you're at the grocery store. Mm. I mean, when you think about where the, that animal protein has come from, how long ago did it die? Mm. Have you ever really thought about That's that? That's a good question. 
It's a weird thing, and it came up once because yeah. I lived with a roommate, and she loved tuna fish, and she had these old tuna fish cans in the way back of the pantry. Oh. And I looked at them once, and I'm like, holy cow, these have not expired yet, and these have been in here for like two years. And I'm like, how long ago was this fish caught in the ocean and put in this can before she's going to put it in her body? I was like, that's really weird. And I'm like, a plant expires pretty fast. You can see. And yeah. everything should expire fast. You know, this is a whole conversation on bread. Bread should expire in a day. Mm. <laughs> if you're eating bread that is still good on your counter the next day, think about what else is in that bread. Yeah. <laughs> and those might be the things that are getting you sick. Maybe not so much the gluten. Yeah. And you got to really reconsider the process that your food is going through to get to your plate. And so again, why I encourage people to grow things because you see the entire cycle and things are so much more nutrient dense when they're picked ripe. You can see it. One of the most obvious examples of it is strawberries. Mm. You cut into a strawberry in from almost any grocery store in the United States and it's red on the outside and white on the inside. Mm. You cut open a strawberry anywhere in Europe or you grow your own strawberries that strawberry is red all the way through. It's red all the way through because it ripened on the plant and you picked it and it's sweet and it tastes amazing and delicious and way better than anything that you're getting in the store because the shelf life is so short on a strawberry. That's why frozen strawberries, I totally encourage people to do frozen for for smoothies and for any sort of purees because they're at least, they got to be ripened. And yeah, it's important. So anyways, start, turn that, that brain thought on in your head of how long has it been since my food was in the ground or alive and how long has it taken to get to me and really just sit with that and digest what that means for you when you're eating it. I think that's one of the most powerful things that I've ever heard because I've never thought about that because I am so used to my particular lifestyle. But for someone that maybe is on a transition of a lifestyle or maybe wants to try something else, that is very, very impactful. And I think that's something that should be (laughs) branded across even billboards. It's true. It should. You should, you know, if we had a different government, we could be like putting labels on things of when they came out of the ground or when they died. Yeah. Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah, totally. Um, I want to ask you something because especially you mentioned Europe and Mm -hmm. and we live in America. Um, You know, we are set upon such a instant gratification culture Mm -hmm. and an easy culture. Well, Mm -hmm. if it's not easy, I'm probably not going to do it or Mm -hmm. my kids are not going to do it. Um, You know, great example is that, you know, a young female is visiting us from Europe and she's making a really quick spaghetti, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She chops up just the fresh basil and smashes up the tomatoes, da, 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 and she goes, oh, it's just spaghetti, you yeah. know, and it takes her two seconds. And, yep. and, you know, the other kids are like, well, it tastes so good. Well, it's not out of a can. It's not yeah. this and that. You know, it's just real food. So there's a huge difference between cultures and how we are programmed on how to even just learn. Well, I think a lot of those excuses of I don't have time, I don't, I'm not interested, I don't like cooking, I don't want to take the time to figure out what's wrong with me, I want a doctor to tell me what's wrong with me, it's giving away our power. Mm. At the core base of all of that is you are giving your power and your health to someone else to make those decisions for you. 
And a lot of times those decisions are being made by giant corporations that don't have your best interests in mind. And so who are you going to trust? Are you going to trust yourself and your gut and take responsibility for your own health and how you feel? Because giving it away doesn't work. Mm-mm. The United States is a pure example of that. Most of this country gives away their power mm. for food. I'm talking about food. We're not going into deep politics here. Yeah. But I'm talking about food um, and medicine. And most of Europe takes control over it. I spend a lot of time in Italy. Um, I'm of Italian-American descent. And everyone that I know in Italy has a little garden. Mm-hmm even pots of things growing places, they're, they're making their own food every single day. And when they're going out, they're going to the restaurants. And the restaurants in most of the regions have their own gardens and they're growing their own food for their restaurant. How is this such a foreign concept in the United States? It's almost like, you know, it's almost like, hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you're like, not oh, you're a weirdo, but it's almost like you're trying to be a rebel or you're trying to be too cool to, like, grow your own garden. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's just it's just a matter of, like, let me live, you know? Yeah. The amount of times that I have personally been, you know, even just, like, made fun of, of, like, oh, you don't eat anything. And I'm like, actually, my fiancé would be the first to tell you I eat a lot. Well, like I said, we go back to there's over 25,000 edible plants on Earth. There's only 11 widely sourced animal proteins. The options are truly endless in what you can eat. And when you travel, there's so many accidentally vegan foods around the world. You go to Italy, it's so Mm. easy, especially southern Italy. It's so easy to travel as a vegan. You go anywhere in um, in Europe, there's, there's hummus everywhere. Again, nobody's ordering vegan hummus. It's just hummus. Um, and falafel, and I I could go on forever and ever and ever. I work in Mexico a lot. There's so many accidentally vegan foods. Mm. Um, And so it's just, it is easy. You can do it. It just takes the wanting to take responsibility Mm -hmm. and carving out a little bit of time. You know, and it can be incredibly joyful to cook, not just the process. I mean, I love it. I put on music. I'm dancing. I have my friends or my family around, and it becomes an event that I love to do. But it also is such a beautiful communication of love. Mm. I touched into this as a professional chef and the attitudes of the chefs in the kitchen translating onto the table. But it's also through your family. I mean, what better gift can you give to the people that you love than to cook them something that's going to make them feel good and that's yeah. going to physically make them feel better than how they feel today. Oh, I love that. No, I, I agree with you. I love my time in the kitchen, turning on music. It's a way that I can also spend time to process things, whether yeah. it's my day, my schedule, my thought patterns of like, you know, goals, wishes, whatever. It's a meditation for me. Yeah, same. You know? Same. Um, there's something that you can do to just tr- totally like calm down your your aura, whole aura space with that. And yeah. then bringing that energy within the food, whether it's even the presentation that you're playing around with. Mm-hmm. You know, presentation is can be such a beautiful, um, kind of like an art piece, right? Yeah, it's an artistic expression. Yeah. So... Um, and then you said Mexico. I have to do one more, like, toot of your horn. Like, the, um, <laughs> the coconut carpaccio. No, ceviche. 
The yeah. Co- the coconut ceviche. ceviche. Awesome. Oh, thank you. Um, anyways, so I could go on and on and on. I know we have to wrap up here shortly, but I want to ask you a couple of other things. Mm-hmm. We we're talking about easy living, mm-hmm. right? So if you had to give our listeners out there some easy um, vegan friendly or just healthier brands that you would support. Not that I'm always one to like want to buy so many packaged foods, but what would be some that you would recommend out there? Yeah. I mean, when it comes to packaged food, it really, for me, is about finding foods with as few ingredients as possible in them. Um, I'm a big fan of That's It. It's a company that makes uh, snacks and they make bars. And there's two ingredients in them, and it's just fruit, and it's whole fruit. It's not reduced. It's not concentrate, which is basically another word for sugar. Um, it's just whole real food. So I really like what they're doing. Um, gosh, there's a bunch of companies that I like, and of course, none of them are coming to my mind. I don't really eat that much processed food, to be totally honest with mm-hmm. you, um, because everything that you can buy processed, you can also make at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just really like taking the time to make yeah everything yeah. at home. And so many of these things you can make and store them and freeze them forever. I mean, your freezer should be your best friend. Yeah. If you have time management issues, you should be freezing everything. Mm-hmm. It's such a great way to have a fast meal at the end of the day when you're exhausted. I always do it. I mean, my freezer is full of frozen sauces. Um, and uh, veggies and herbs. And honestly, I can get off a plane at 10 o'clock at night and be totally exhausted and need to eat something. And I can throw veggies in a sauce, a frozen piece of sauce in a pan and have a stir fry in 10 minutes, less than 10 minutes. Or boil some water and have some pasta because, of course, I'm Italian. There's always pasta in my house. Um, <laughs> pasta and just throw in some frozen sauce and have a, a nourishing, delicious meal in, mm. in 15 minutes. Exactly. It's not that hard. It's just the thought process behind it. And so whenever you, you do have time to cook, make extra. Make extra sauce. And whenever you have time to think, think about the preparation. What do you want to make? What do you want to throw together? Yeah. You know? It's yeah. just, it all goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. You know, we do have... A lot more time than what we think we do, but mm-hmm. we just spend it doing other things, social media, you know, gossiping, all the things that are probably not the best for us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, great tips. Um, one more question. Leslie, what is your honest truth of maintaining a healthy and successful lifestyle? Um, just waking up and being grateful every single mm-hmm. day and morning. Uh, I go to bed and do my gratitude journal and I think about all the things that are going right in my life. And when I wake up, I wake up with a smile and think about all of the fun that I'm going to have that day. And I mean, it sounds so cheesy and silly, but I wake up and I'm like, how can I make the world a better day today? And I try and do something for someone that's going to improve their life every single day. And it's so cliche sounding, but it honestly brings me so much joy to help other people. And if more people did that, it would be such a beautiful ripple effect. You know, Mother Teresa has a beautiful quote about, um, if you can't feed the world, feed the person next to you as a way is that was our answer when she was asked about world hunger. Mm -hmm. And it is so true that ripple effect is, It's a real thing. And if you spark joy and love in other people, they will turn around and do it to other people. And 
we will have a better place to live. We will live in a better world and a better society. You know, if somebody's having a bad day, cook for them. Take a load off of their shoulders. And I don't know. It does. It brings me so much joy. So much joy. And whenever I need something to happen in my life, I always do a big favor for someone else. And that karma always brings something into your life. So beautifully said. Thank Mm. you. No, seriously. And I can see that energy like radiating off of you. And you're putting that energy within me. And so that's why, you know, like we have to keep passing it forward. You know, I would do the same. Yeah. So thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. Literally, I know you have projects that you probably can't talk about that you're just like uh, making up. And I'm just like going to follow you around the world wherever you go, whatever (laughs) hotel you're at next. I'm there. I am there. And I will try that food and I will... Spread it out to the world. I'm so excited. Well, I'll also say that the show that I do, Around the World in 80 Plates, season two is launching. And so if you are in need of recipes, I post a ton on my Instagram. And the show is great. And it's a step-by-step cooking show, like an yes. old school one of actually teaching you how to cook and not just a TikTok video of, see all these things flying into a bowl and now it's me all done. <laughs> You're like, wait, watch it again. <laughs> so shoot yourself out there. Where can everyone follow you? Uh, I'm easy. Everything is just Leslie Durso. So <laughs> at Leslie Durso for everything. Awesome. Thanks, Leslie, so much. Thank you. Well, guys, I hope you enjoy her meals. You're going to get all those recipes. You're going to have to start getting in the kitchen, put your aprons on, make yourself your own chef. Until next time, it's been an honor. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.